Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Follow me into the great unknown Where pink flamingos grow Diet soda flows and what you take Magically regenerates On supermarket shelves The ovens clean themselves You don't pay the tab till the last drop So we all ride for nothing Cause this train never stops How are we doing, Maniac? We are doing well tonight, Degenerate Al. It's train wreck tonight, 225, and it is time to beat the Patriots. Did I just go out of focus? That's okay, because we don't need to be really focused. Al, it was a great Thanksgiving weekend for a lot of people. Um, obviously, there was a very eventful Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, you know, what are you thinking? Oh, it was a great Thanksgiving weekend, honestly. Got, got it done against the Saints. Obviously, the horrible news with Trey White, but... Overall, you know, really good weekend. And finally, for once on Thanksgiving, I didn't have the tr- traditional Thanksgiving meal. Uh, GM Smokey, they changed it up over at their household a little bit. Did, uh, it was more of a, like, tailgate appetizer style with the, the main headline being turkey sliders with, the, uh, with cranberry sauce. It was phenomenal. Okay. GM Smokey always likes to go outside the box, so it's no surprise there, but... Uh, any other big news from uh, Black Friday weekend that was outside of the food realm? I know, uh, obviously, it was an active betting weekend for a lot of people. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I came out up, though. I got to be honest. No, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It just has continued to be a horrible gambling week and weekend. Um, you know, at this point, I really just don't know what to do. Uh, last night was just devastating with the Browns and Ravens. Um, I was on the Browns money line. Um, I have a big Browns future that I needed, uh, to come through. I have them winning the division. So I figured, Hey, you win that game last night, you go on a bye week and then you got the Ravens coming into your barn to Cleveland. So I thought I'd be right back in it. Um, you know, which is really unfortunate. I mean, I don't understand how Lamar Jackson throws four interceptions and the Browns score 10 points. It's just, yeah. I mean, there was that wacky, like three minute period before half where they both turn over. That was why it was able to happen because, in that sphere of like two Ravens turnovers, the Browns got absolutely zero to show for it. But yep. unbelievable that they can go on the road, only allow what 16 points in prime time and not yep. win. I mean, come on. 
it's yeah, the Browns. I mean, they had I, I thought they had pretty high expectations this year. I thought they were a team that was going to make some noise, honestly, uh, in the AFC and potentially represent the AFC in the AFC championship. Um, but no, I was uh, completely off base with that. And you could tell a lot of injuries. Baker didn't look good again. Um, but yeah, what do you that's a do? Weird, that's a weird situation with Baker, plain and simple, because clearly he's not healthy. They're trying to have him kind of ride out the year. And so he's not putting up great numbers. You can't really chuck the ball downfield. No. Can't throw those. I mean, I don't want to say lasers because he does have some arm strength, but um, can't just can't throw those zips across the field. So, but yeah, very devastating loss last night uh, for Browns betters. Um, yeah, it was a very interesting college rivalry Saturday. And before we get into Bill Sucks, I know everyone's ready for that. We got to talk about this real quick. Yeah. Black Friday weekend. Top five sports weekend of the year when you're getting those Thanksgiving matchups, you're getting some Friday college football and everything, and then you're getting Saturday rivalry day. I mean, is that top five? I have to probably say yes, because obviously it's always on the weekend. Sometimes Christmas and other holidays, it's not on the weekend. This is consistently on the weekend. A lot of people are off on Friday, which is huge. You get the, you, got, you know, you got college basketball. It's a monster work. weekend. When you, you, when you leave work or, you know, clock out on Wednesday, it's an incredible feeling. Cause you know, you got that Wednesday night, even though it was a Sabres loss, yep. then you got obviously Thursday, Thanksgiving, you had all the action Friday, you had all the action Saturday. And then of course you have an NFL Sunday, which is just like, you know, that's really home cooking. No, exactly. With uh, pretty much all the major sports in session going nuts. Um, with rivalry weekend too, yeah. That, that I, was the thing you were getting. You were getting big matchups on Thursday in college football too. You got Ole Miss yeah. and Miss State playing. I mean, yeah, there there was no joke for sure. And you have col- and, and college basketball consistently every every day. Seriously, and, you're, hey, you're, and, you're Iona, and you can't and you can't forget Europa League soccer. So I mean, well, that's just that that's Thursday. You know, you like soccer and tennis to me are like water. And I mean, water, because they're always there. They're always yeah. available and they're part of your daily diet for sure. So, but yep. it's nice to get everything else sprinkled in, obviously. Yep. But the main talk of the town this past week is the bills. And obviously, like we advertised, like we paid our agents, we brought in the big guns, Ryan Talbot, Matt Perino of Upstate New York, two guys you've seen on the side, two guys who have done it all, obviously. So let's go to our conversation with them. We were lucky to catch up with them on this past weekend. Let's see what they think. About this past weekend, as well as the Patriots week ahead. Seeing them on the Bills sideline at a game or the open practices this year, or maybe on a billboard in downtown Buffalo. Fortunate at this time to welcome Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot, both at Syracuse.com, as well as the Shout Buffalo podcast to Trainwreck tonight. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, I'm not thrilled with my agent. I would have liked a little bit more scratch, but listen, it's fine because I know that I'll, I'll see big, uh, Degenerate Al at the casino one of these nights and he'll win me a nice little parlay or something like that to make up for it. Exactly. We listen, got some UFC coming back this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, we'll be good. We'll make it Whether happen. it's at the kiosks or in a nice conversation, Al always finds a way to bring value to the table. But let's bring value to the table right now for our audience because – Despite a big win last week, obviously that wasn't the kind of thing that's resonated with people over the past couple of days. That is the injury to Tredavious White. Obviously, he'll be out the remainder of the season. So I want to get right into it uh, with you, too. Uh, who is your candidate um, to take on a bigger role in what this defense is eventually going to try to accomplish? I don't know. You know, Matt, I think you made a comment about the defense kind of evolving with like to counter this loss or whatnot, but 
Who do you both see as maybe someone that the Bills fans might be seeing a little bit more of or maybe a little bit more involvement in the potential game plan? One of the big things that I've been talking about the last couple of days is, you know, I don't think you can replace Tredavious White at cornerback one or even cornerback two. What I think the Bills need more of consistently is to be able to rely on their pass rush. And, you know, I take Ed Oliver, who obviously loves playing on Thanksgiving, and he shows up every year when they play on Thanksgiving and just balls out. They need that more consistently from him moving forward. And I think getting star back will help. I think as the year goes on and they get used to playing with each other, I think there's been like pockets of consist consistency that we've seen. But I think if you're looking at the defensive line where I think, you know, Cam Lewis is great. I mean, we're all UB guys. Like I, I if he gets an opportunity at some point, like I, I'd be interested to see how he does. Dane Jackson is a guy that was really high on going in to the year as he was competing with Levi Wallace, but none of those guys are all, are all pro cornerbacks. And, what you can do to maybe offset the loss of a guy like Tredavious White is make it tougher on the opposing passer with your front four. And I think I asked me for my guy. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Al, Ed Oliver. In terms of who I think this is going to take on a bigger role in terms of that cornerback spot, I think it'll be Dane Jackson as the first man up to get that opportunity. And like Matt said, th there's no replacing Tredavious White on this roster. Uh, you can go into free agency and maybe get a Quentin Dunbar, but that's not the same level type or type of player either. Uh, but I mentioned on Twitter uh, this this past weekend that John Butler deserves a lot of credit for what he's done as the Buffalo's defensive backs coach. He came in in 2018. He helped develop Trey White into an all-pro corner. He's done wonders with Levi Wallace, Taron Johnson. They had Kevin Johnson in here for a span of time, and he even looked good in, in his time here in Buffalo before he went on to uh, uh, Cleveland after that. So, uh, I, I think that they're going to try probably first and foremost with Dane Jackson. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. He, you know, he's had his moments last year when he had those opportunities. He, he balled out one-on-one -on -one against DeAndre Hopkins in that Cardinals game with the pass breakup interceptions against the Jets. Uh, but he also has been on the field a few times this year where he's been, you know, burnt on a player too. And it's just been fortunate that they didn't necessarily uh, opposing teams complete a pass against him. Yeah. I mean, I would have to say going into this season, I think one of the needs um, that a lot of Bills fans wanted was another cornerback. Um, obviously not someone at Tredavious White's level, but, you know, someone that could be a, a third cornerback for the Buffalo Bills. And now, you know, hopefully it doesn't come back to haunt us and what the defense is going to have to do. The biggest candidate, like Matt said, at Oliver in that defensive line. That's what it comes down to. You drafted these pass rushers. You got to hope that going into these final few weeks of the season in the playoffs that, that the defensive line steps it up and gets to the quarterback. I mean, one guy, too, oh. that, you know, watching the games yesterday, um, Josh Norman is a guy that kind of jumps off the screen at you when you're watching San Francisco for a defense with the Bills last year that was, you know, always talking about turning the ball over. I mean, I think he's got like something crazy now, like seven forced fumbles on the season or something, something along those lines. And he's a guy that I think had you retain, you'd probably feel a lot better about your situation right now. But I, I also do think the reason they didn't is because they wanted to get Dane Jackson on the field. I think they almost wanted to force it if they could give him every chance to beat out Levi Wallace. And that didn't happen. And so now you'll get kind of an extended look. And I'll add this too. While I don't think that there's a Tredavious White replacement, right? There's an interesting change that's going to happen for the defense now in that there's not a side of the field anymore that teams are going to be scared to go after. They're going to kind of open up, you know, that quarterback vision meter, like in the old days on Madden, it's going to go from, from here to like here. 
And the I think that is back and it's bigger yeah. and better than ever against this Bills defense. Exactly. And I think oh, no. if, if you, did, <laughs> if, if now that that's in play, I, I really think that a, a pretty opportunistic secondary, that back four, they're going to be flying around. I like Dane Jackson and his ability to get up, get physical, force turners. He made some plays last year in limited uh, opportunities. So I, I'm interested to see what this looks like, at least early on. Um, but yeah, there, he's also been beat a lot too uh, in the training camp preseason. So we'll see. It's amazing what a player Trey White was that it feels like they didn't even win a game on Thursday, to be honest. But with that said, let's take a couple of steps back because obviously with that at the forefront of everyone's mind, kind of forget the week that was. You guys made the trip down to NOLA. Looked like you were live on the bayou. It looked like an awesome time. Real quick question, just where does it rank amongst what you've seen for away games? Because honestly, the footage looked a little ridiculous. Well, you know, I don't I don't travel as much as Matt does, obviously. So I oh. I think I think he'll he'll probably say it pales in comparison to Tennessee based on some conversations we we had uh, over that uh, over the time we were in New Orleans. But it was still a great turnout. Uh, we arrived on Tuesday and, and we were going up, you know, walking around. We saw some Bills fans on Tuesday everywhere we went. By Wednesday, though, they were everywhere, uh, just walking the streets during the day, obviously out at nighttime there. And then Thursday, there was a good portion of the stadium that was packed with Bills fans. So they, they certainly traveled really well for this. Uh, but I'm interested to see where Matt would say it would rank among the week-to-week -week, uh, type games that he's seen over his career here with covering the Bills. I've still never seen anything quite like, and I think we hung out in Nashville in 19, um, Al and Maniac. We were at that one bar. We ran into Al. Uh, I think you were with your family and we were hanging out. I think it was like the third or fourth level. I remember just like the sea of Bills fans at that place. And that was just as the night was getting started. And then you made your way down to Broadway. And I, I tell people all the time, I've never seen so many 17 jerseys in one place at one time. And I was actually at a rooftop bar by the end of the night, probably about two in the morning. And the place was just overflowing with Bills fans. And so to me, that was a, a kind of almost like a once in a lifetime type of deal, I feel like. But this was probably as close as it's been, even even probably better than the earlier this season Nashville trip. Um, I think some of the things you're still worried about, people coming back from COVID, I think is a big deal. Um, and Thanksgiving too, like I, I always wonder like, are you willing to give up your family Thanksgiving to go to for a football trip? And to, from the people we talked to, most of them were like, <laughs> yeah, get me out of uh, the family situation so we can uh, go watch some football. But definitely a, a much bigger showing this time around than Dallas a couple of years ago, Thanksgiving was. Yeah. And, and something I got to bring up too is what, from watching the telecasts, the post, like the Thursday night post game. And, you know, typically, you know, you know, when a Thursday night game ends, Sunday night game ends, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching the, the, the opposing players interviews, but to see this, the amount of bills fans that stayed for the bills as they were walking off the field, you know, to see, you know, Josh Allen and Knox friggin' eat the Turkey. And then they're also there for him. It was a mm -hmm. sea of bills fans in that under level at new Orleans. I've never seen that before from an away crowd during a regular season game. Now, obviously Trevor Samian wasn't giving us like much to think about as that game went down the stretch, the result was pretty much in hand. So obviously I was surfing Twitter and our friend Joe Kroom mentions that uh, two years ago, Allen wasn't a big fan of the turkey leg. He kind of confided it. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm just quoting him on his Twitter. And so I was looking forward to see him get that. And of course, lo and behold, Dawson Knox takes a bite that I don't know what was for like a ogre or something, because next thing I know, it looked like we needed like a 
we needed the Bills team doctor on the field. I mean, that's no joking matter. We got to be careful with this story. We can't have any more food on fields for the remainder of the season. I think that's my take. Nothing about that surprised me, though. Like, just think about that. You're coming off the field. You just played four quarters. You're probably starving. And I, I, I felt, I felt that in my, in my heart, what Dawson Knox did. I would have taken a huge ass bite too, because I, I was hungry just sitting up in the press box, and we had eaten a couple hours beforehand. So I could, I could feel it. Very fair. I know you were trying to get your beignets. Were you able to accomplish that? No, we didn't have those. Uh, okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm watching my figure. What are they, little donuts? Yeah. Oh, they are donuts. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And speaking of donuts making you go nuts, they would never admit it that they want to score more points out of the offense or get more going with the loss of Tredavious White. So that's why I ask you guys, the insiders, do you think there's an in-house focus going forward for this offense that they know there's a little bit of onus on them as compared with how they've been so far this season? I mean, you look at this season, most times 21, 24 points was enough to get it done. And I mean, there's general worry amongst Bills Mafia. Maybe that's not going to be the case going forward. So again, I ask you, do you think that they're going to be strategized, maybe more deep shots, maybe more big play shots, maybe more gadget plays, which we really haven't seen recently? Um, or are they sticking to the process, which they've done for almost half a decade now? I'll let you go first, Matt. You know, I think first and foremost, like, uh, we were talking about this today. I had John Scott on, the, on, on or yesterday on the show. And, you know, we were talking about like the mentality of the offense. I think that's such an interesting storyline to kind of cover over the course of the season. They seem like such a, an attack first mentality last season where I feel like it's been a much more passive approach. Like, uh, you know, there's like this, this calm about the fact that they have all this talent. Like we've heard a bunch of guys say it, Emmanuel Sanders, Josh Allen, this is a great team with great players. Right. And I feel like there's been this patience to like, we'll figure it out. Like we just got to like go take our lumps and, and, and we'll get to where we're going. Well, now you don't have that luxury anymore. You, you the t the identity of this team has been for the, since the beginning of the season, really the d the play of this defense, especially after the offense came out so flat in that Pittsburgh Steelers game. It's always something that no matter what happens, we just got to be the best team on the field on any given Sunday. That's what Josh Allen said, right? Well, now it, it might take more than that for this offense, depending on how this defense adjusts to Tre'Davious White not being there. So I do think that they're going to have to kind of embrace a different mentality in the room and I, i'm not so sure that they won't outwardly say that that's what they're going to do because i just want to see a different level of different fire i guess i think we started to see it i tweeted it during the game and tried to ask sean mcdermott about it afterwards and he didn't want anything to do with it um which i'm not surprised but you know emmanuel sanders came off the field pretty pissed off on a second down i don't know if he thought he was open or what he went back and when josh allen and the guys came off the field him and josh were kind of yelling back and forth at each other for a few moments before things obviously you know chilled out and emmanuel just kind of sat there for a while cole beasley came up and talked to him for a minute and obviously things got fixed in the second half so it didn't become really a thing per se that i had to focus on with allen in the post game but yeah i think that they're gonna have to in look internally and realize where their strengths are i think one a is Stefan Diggs. One B is Dawson Knox. And I think for all the people that want to talk about running the ball, and I think it's important, and they found some things this past game, early in the game where they were having like five, six-yard runs that were helping, you know, move the chains. I think Dawson Knox is that great equalizer that, you know, if he's effective in that short to intermediate range, it's just as effective as a, a good running game. Uh, so those two guys got to continue to eat.
Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I, you know, I don't know if aggressiveness is the right word in terms of stretching the field because defenses have done a really good job of taking the deep stuff away from the, the Bills so far. But you need to get more targets to Stefan Diggs first and foremost. And I know a lot of opposing coaches and uh, teams have done a nice job of cover how, how they're covering and how they're using him. But, you know, I, I just uh, yesterday sat and watched that Green Bay game against the Rams, and I saw Aaron Rodgers throw it to Devontae Adams at will. And the, you, you can't sit there and tell me that the game plan wasn't to take him out of the game. They're, they're number one wide receiver. So there's ways to get the ball to your number one guy, even if it's just that short passing in the intermediate game. We saw last year where uh, Allen could find him in that intermediate game, and then Diggs broke a tackle or two, took it to the house. Uh, there's going to be some opportunities there. And he, he, Matt mentioned it. Dawson Knox is such a big factor on this team. Uh, there was a play that where Josh Allen scrambled for a first down in that game where he probably had Dawson Knox open on a 60-yard touchdown pass. Uh, I, I just saw that on Sunday. Someone shared that on social media. It's interesting, but he's always running open. You, you have Emmanuel Sanders. You're seeing Gabriel Davis get more involved. I think that's a good sign for this offense. Uh, and then I think they finally figured out how to somewhat utilize Matthew Breida, utilize that speed. And if by Monday night you have John Feliciano back, you have Spencer Brown back, that gives Josh Allen more time to uh, scan the field, find his targets, let his guys get open. And two, I think it's going to help with the run blocking. And, and we did see New England this past week, despite winning pretty convincingly, struggled to stop a, a Tennessee Titans rushing attack that did not have any uh, big-name rushers going at them. And I don't want to sound like Jaco Beam Mugatsu, but as far as this offense is concerned, Matt Breda, so hot right now. Matt Breda. It seems like when he can contribute on those sweep runs, which are so successful in San Fran in that Shanahan offense, uh, that Bill's offense gets another element and it gets another layer that leads to those quick hitters to Knox, those quick hitters to Beasley, which really open up the offense. Speaking of Matt Breda, we got to go to Al. Huge parlay hit on Thursday night regarding uh, number 22. Is it Breda or Breda? It's Breda. And Maniac doesn't really understand. It's okay. I don't have a press pass. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, so Matt Breda, Thursday night football. My brother was talking all week. Same game parlay, taking Bills to win with a Brita anytime touchdown scorer. He got it like plus 750 Ooh. or 8 to 1. And wow. he, was, he was devastated when he got pulled. Well, pulled, right? There, was, there was what? He was out of the game for about 20 minutes of the game time? Yes. It was, he was stressing out. It was like, come on, I can't believe it. Singletary again. Singletary again. And boom, there it is in the fourth quarter. It was, I believe, yeah, I think it was 101 bucks. It, cashed, it paid out over like 846, 850. Like a massive, massive hit on thanksgiving and let me you ask you that, let me ask yeah. you a question al and this yeah. might be too personal and feel free not right. to answer it and move on where do you think you are lifetime plus minus like if we're talking about lifetime gambling are we like at like plus 7k are we like plus 9k like where are we at lifetime right now <laughs> uh yeah, put a price on entertainment and that's really okay. what wagering on sports <laughs> is about you should wager responsibly <laughs> Should never wager more than you can lose. That's true. And I'm down for life for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Matt. Yes, I am. Let's just say I am not in the green. Okay, okay, okay. Let's put it that way. Yes. All right. Uh, no, like, I respect it's like that. A, it's like an ABC Family movie. You remember the good moments. You don't remember like the downs in the beginning. You know things <laughs> no, like no, that. Like, like, and like Mediac said, you bet responsibly. When you go to Las Vegas, or when I go to Las Vegas, I keep my cards at home. I go with the amount of cash. That's acceptable for me That's to smart. lose. That I will not be upset about if I do. That's smart. I and like it's it. typically me coming back 
on the flight home to Vegas or back to Buffalo with five bucks. So I have something for lunch on the way back. <laughs> yeah, not yet. You gotta love a $5 airport lunch. But speaking of numbers, let's put you both to the test real quick regarding Breda. Obviously, the touches have gone up. Maybe a little bit of a result of the game, the way it was going. Although most of Breda's touches were pretty early uh, this past Thursday, it felt like. With that said, do you see him, if this continues, in the double-digit touch range uh, for these la- for this last uh, third of the season? Yeah, I do, I do, especially when you consider the re- receiving totals. I think he is their best back in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he can do the most with it in open space. So I, I think you're going to see more opportunities. You, you know, the Bills had a lot of uh, players on their inactive list this week that some of them might have been one-week wake-up calls. I wouldn't be shocked if Zach Moss remains on that inactive list going forward, and, and it is a two-man show with Brita and Singletary. No, they landed on something, and I, I, it's just like you know when you're you, you got a hot streak, uh, you know hitting parlays or you know one one-off bets, whatever it is, you stick with what's working. And I think Sean McDermott, for as for whatever faults you throw at him or like criticisms you throw at him, and I and I've thrown some this season, I do think that he does react pretty well. He makes changes based on performance and he tends to stick with them. Now I know that he's probably going to want to give Zach Moss another opportunity, a young player that they drafted, but right now to, to see the way Matt Breida has taken this opportunity. I mean, it's kind of part of their model, right? Like the best players are going to play. The people that earn it are going to play. Breida's earned it. And I think Singletary is playing a really nice secondary role to him. You know, let him start, let Breida come in, have his, have his time, I thought Singletary, maybe his best run of the season came in the Saints game where I almost felt like he took a page out of Breida's book, saw a hole, busted up field, hit it hard, broke a tackle, and ended up being like a 15-yard run in the red zone. Um, I want to see more of that of that combo, and I think Breida is going to continue to get touches. All right. Well, hey, looking very excited to see what number 22, I'll safely call him, can do down this stretch run of the season. Gents, it is officially Patriots week. So my first question for you before we get into the little bit of the nitty gritty and maybe a prediction. Do you think McDermott has confidence facing Belichick? Obviously, 2-0 last year uh, with kind of two very different wins. Um, They kind of held them at bay last year at home and then dominated them on the road in prime time. With that said, you know, is confidence something he needs to be part of the process? I mean, you look at the record, two and six against him, but J.A., two and three. Uh, so, I don't know. Your thoughts on maybe McDermott and his mindset facing Belichick in this Pats team? I, I think he has confidence. Like you said, they swept them last year. I think that he knows they have the better quarterback. Uh, I don't think that either of these teams necessarily have a, a, a great victory. I, I think the Bills have one good one now against the Chiefs based on how the Chiefs have been playing as of late. But look at both teams. You know, who have they beaten? They The P- Patriots have beaten the Jets twice. They've beaten the Texans, and they should have lost that game if it wasn't for the Texans getting cute on a punt. Uh, they beat the Chargers, who are not that good. I thought they were going to be a much better team this season. They just lost to, to Denver yesterday. The Panthers, who are awful. The Browns, who are very up and down. Falcons, who didn't have Patterson, Ridley, you name it. Yeah. And then the Titans, without the big three. Uh, there's no statement win in there. And, and the Bills, yeah, they have the one against the, the the Chiefs now that's looking better again. But I'm not sure either of these teams are necessarily world beaters. But I think at the end of the day, when, when you look at the quarterback situation, you would take Allen 10 times out of 10 over Mac Jones. I, I don't know. Like, there is confidence, sure. I, I think they know they have a better roster. Like, I, I think that they, they like what defensively they've done against – 
the Patriots the last couple of years. I mean, you go back to 2019 when Tom Brady was really frustrated in that ugly game in Buffalo. Like, uh, you know, that was just a, a young offense, a young Josh Allen that weren't ready to compete yet. Right. But I think that there's still a little bit of that Patriots mystique. It's been all over the way that they've always treated it. Even this year, like, you know, is, is the division yours? I mean, they're not going to ever come out and say, yeah, we're, you know, pound their chest and say, we're the, we're the AFC East champs and all that. But there's definitely a, a Belichick mystique and there's a lot of respect, not only for, from McDermott for, for Dable and like, offensively it's one game really that they that they really lit it up and that was with injuries late in the year it was um you know the, the Patriots were basically out of it there was no fans in the stands all those kind of things that have to be kind of you know baked into this thing so I, I think this is a huge game I think I wrote about it before the Saints game and I said this is a crossroads game and I messed up because I didn't realize how bad that Saints game was or Saints offense really was going to be you got into this game and within the first 15 minutes, you really knew no matter what the bills did offensively, defensively, they were going to be able to hold up against that team. And so the crossroads, I feel like it pivots and it kind of, you know, skips a week and, and now they're in it. And this is, everything's on the table. Now the Titans lost today. That's what you needed. You got two games against the Patriots. This starts it all. You got to, you have to set a tone. You got to send a message, not only, in the league, not so important in the league, but in your room. Like, where's the confidence level for this team in the room? To Ryan's point, they haven't had that big-time performance yet against a big-time team since Kansas City, and they weren't even really Kansas City when that was happening, considering everything that was going on around them. So, massive game. I'm not buying in on the Mac Jones hype. I think that this defense and Leslie Frazier are going to frustrate him. I think that there's going to be opportunities to get takeaways. Um, none of their playmakers really worry me traditionally speak. And listen, I'd be a lot more worried about Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. If Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds don't look, didn't look, they were hundred percent healthy, which they did in this last game. It's going to come down to getting pressure. We saw when the, when the Tennessee Titans got home against Mac Jones yesterday, he struggled. So uh, that's what I want to see more of. And can the bills run the ball a little bit? Cause Tennessee, I mean, they got, they're missing their backs. You know, their offensive line has been kind of banged up. It hasn't been great all year, but they still were able to run the ball all over the Patriots. So, you know, you mentioned Matt Breed on this running game. They got to do that. Yeah. And Matt, you talk about this Patriots mystique, you know, with the Bills organization, McDermott. I think it's nationwide now. It's national media. It's 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 Vegas. The people that create the odds. You're talking a team that's now 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's pretty wild. much a pick them with the Bills to win the AFC East. That's insane. I mean, I, three, I saw three, a stat yesterday. I couldn't believe they're allowing less points per game than 2001. When you think about how mm -hmm. different NFL offenses were back then. I mean, my goodness, maybe they're allowing less points this year. Really, I, I give their defense credit. That's the only part I'm worried about. Mac Jones, yeah, you know what? If he comes and he slaughters me, that's fine. Because I just do not see it coming. But as far as Bel Belichick goes, you, you're talking about that mystique. Talbot, he's basically the undertaker to me. When he comes into Highmark, that's basically like the gong hitting. And hopefully, I'm going to be Roman Reigns, and Bill's Mafia is going to be Roman Reigns, and we're going to run around the ring and take him out. Um, and bro, by the bro, way, we got to give me a favor though. All references loved. No, can you do me a favor and not reference Roman Reigns as the guy that's going to take care of the Undertaker? Can you have some reverence for the? For the for world wrestling entertainment, actually go back to somebody that actually was relevant and mattered. Go to right. The Rock. Go to Austin. Go to Triple H. I don't care. Roman Reigns? Are you kidding me? That's like your your annoying little nephew that you just you know kick out of the way when you get to Grandma's house. You know what I mean? Get out of here with Roman Reigns. So you, you don't acknowledge him? I don't acknowledge him. No. 
Well, sorry, sorry, Matt, because he's not here to take part. He's here to take over. And you know we take over here on Trainer Tide. By the way, if you're one of the four Bills fans not following Matt Perino at Ryan Tabbit Bills, make sure you go do it right after this episode. Um, and we always talk about number crunching. It's no secret here at Trainer Sports. Al, I was happy to see this number open at three at first um, yesterday. Uh, it opened at Caesar Sportsbook, I believe, first. With that said, when I thought about the fact that the Bills have some extra rest, when I thought about the fact that it's a home Monday night football game, three isn't really that much of a compliment from Vegas. It's not. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying about this whole mystique thing. I think it's a lot of respect for the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick. I love the Bills minus three at home. I do. And yeah. I'm not trying, it doesn't I'm not end trying, there. No, I'm it not doesn't trying. end there. There are people, betters are going to bet that to probably five, five and a half, I think, by the time game time rolls around. I agree. Every, I, I, there's been a couple times this year where the Bills have opened at three and it's gotten to five, five and a half. I believe Jacksonville. Um, I believe uh, the Saints this past week. Or no, not Jacksonville. Saints and uh, what was the other game where they were three? Uh, road game, Tennessee. Hmm. So yeah, there's been a couple I, of times where they've been bet up. And it's and it, you just talk about, like you said, the, the Bills on primetime too. That is where they perform their best. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not really scared of Mac Jones. It comes down to which team can capitalize on those turnovers, and that's what the Patriots have been able to do week to week is they capitalize on the turnovers and they turn them into seven points. So it's going to be an interesting game on Monday night. Prediction, um, I definitely like the Bills at home. I'd say by at least seven to ten points. Um, not sure what the weather forecast is right now, but I don't really think it matters. I'd say Bills 31, Patriots 17. Okay. Well, wait, I didn't want to put these guys on the spot, even though their agent said we could. There is still a week to this game. Right now it's November. When this game's played, yep. it'll be less than 20 days till Christmas. So, uh, I mean, a lot of things are happening very quickly down the stretch run of 2021. But with that said, obviously a lot of factors still to play. You know, there could be injuries throughout the week. There could be news. Will either of you gents want to lock in a uh, prediction for uh, next Monday night? I'm not going to lock it in, but I will say that I'm with Al. I'm going with the Bills, and I think it's going to be in the range of 10 to 12 points that I think they'll win by. Um, I just really struggle to figure out how the, the Patriots are going to generate enough points in that game. Now, with that said, I, I do like Matthew Judon and what and what they're doing up front. Uh, it, it looked like Donta Hightower was banged up in the game yesterday. We'll see and track that, see how it goes. That would be a big loss if he, if he missed. But I know he came back and played the rest of the game, but something to watch. Um, their defense, they make a lot of plays, but I think that this offense, part of me wonders with all of the kind of the disappointment in the, in the offense this year, I wonder how much that they've kind of kept in their back pocket for one of these first big time games, you know, where they got to change the script up a little bit and, you know, there should be healthy. They're going to have their line back. And I think Josh Allen can, you know, put a lot of this on his back and go out there and have a big time performance in a big time game. And I'm going to bet on that just because I know I'm not, I'm not going to actually bet on it. But I was, was going to, I was literally about to jump all over that. No, if I was betting, um, I, I would say that I, I, I bet on the Bills' talent winning out. And I think their history of scheming against Josh McDaniel's offense also makes me comfortable in the pick. Yeah, I have, the, I have the Bills winning by about seven in this matchup, but it, it's Judon that worries you. He, he's been. Uh, an unbelievable free agent signing for New England. It, it's the fact that they're very opportunistic. You saw the the Titans on Sunday uh, lose a few fumbles in that game because of the way they were carrying the ball. So the Bills have to be smart about that at all times. It's going to come down to the turnovers. Uh, Allen has to limit the interceptions. I know it's been a, an issue as of late. 
Uh, but he, but I, I think at the end of the day, you can create one or two turnovers on Mac Jones in this in this offense. I wouldn't be shocked if you see Isaiah McKenzie back in this game, maybe a one-week wake-up call, and you even get him a little bit more involved in your offense. Love to see it. I cannot make a prediction. As we know, I'll be at the game, so it would not be a lot of journalistic integrity to do so, similar <laughs> to, uh, you know, on the primetime games on College Saturday. But, folks, thanks for tuning in here on Trainwreck tonight. Big shout-out to Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot for coming along with us. Always, uh, what would, would you say, putting up with our nonsense in a professional way. So I thank you, gents, for both of that. Absolutely. We, we always have fun when, you, when we come on with you guys. I know we talk a lot of smack, but what, what, what fun would it be if we didn't? Thanks, Matt. Couldn't agree thanks, more. Ryan. And, hey, whenever you're listening to Ryan Talbot and Matt Perino, it's almost guaranteed to be a good, good. night right now. now. Picasso's mm. freestyle. Mm. Let's do it. Mm. Mm. Hey. Mm. Eating a couple wings mm. with a couple kings. Mm. They're my favorite things. Hey. Mm. Hey. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, God. I'm not a good freestyle rapper. Wait, hold on. I'm waiting for a second. Hey. Folks. What a great conversation with Ryan and Matt L. And I got to say, them being confident that the Bills are going to beat the Patriots has is, is fueled my confidence a little bit because I was a little nervous. You see the national media going nuts for Mac Jones, the Super Bowl odds dipping again, like we just discussed with them. But hearing from them that they're confident, that McDermott's confident, they're confident they're going to be able to pull off a victory this Monday night makes me feel a little good. Yeah, and then, yeah, seeing the line come out at three, three and a half, all the money coming in already in the action and handle on the Patriots, I feel so much better too. I love it. It's like the whole nation's behind the whole nation's behind this team. I like it's like it's like we're an underdog. The Bills are America's team this week, right now, though. Like like the underdog, I guess, in that sense is what I'm trying to say. Speaking of underdogs, unfortunately, we we worked on the production for this uh pre-show. Sabres hanging in there. Unfortunately, down two nothing right now at home. Three, three. three nothing. Okay, so just uh, that's why we got you on here. Uh, are you are you completely out? Is my question. What about talk practicing today? People were going nuts. Yes, listen, maniac. That's great. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not going to be the Sabres fan that's investing my time in every game this year. Okay. It's just I'm, not happening. I, I, I mean, listen, there, there are only about a couple of thousand fans that are actually doing that. So you, there's really nothing that you should feel yeah, about there. Like, and I, I mean, I don't know how you're feeling, but like, I'm not saying we're back to square one or whatever, but like, hey, it was a fun start to the year. The games have definitely still been better. Obviously, they're still pulling off some nice wins, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be going nuts about this team. I mean, they're down three nothing home to the freaking Kraken. I want to put you to the test right now, then. Should Kevin Adams be trying to make a move for a goalie right now, or is this your shot? Oh, I mean, this I I would have to say. Everybody's going good. nuts about a goalie, though, right? Like, Sabre Twitter wants a goalie real bad, but if this year's shot, there's no need to bring in a goalie. My take, this year's shot. Okay. Right. What are you going right. to go? I mean, a goalie is – what? Are the, I don't even know if you get a goalie if you make a wild card spot. Yeah. <laughs> wild card. <laughs> I'm serious. All right. Speaking of wild cards, we got our guys and we got our guys, Jonathan Williams and Ronaldo Zagu just dominating Point Park right now. You got a score update for me there? I don't have the exact score, but I'm going to my the bullet points chat right now, getting some stuff here. Mike Bunt, Point Park is overmatched. UB is destroying them on both sides of the court. Masari, UB is like five times faster. Rob Ryan, we're trying dunk contest dunks against this team right now. 
uh, as they enter halftime. Uh, you got Jeanathan with 14, Mbala with 16, uh, Sugu. Yeah, I mean, these guys are just, I mean, they're shooting 55% from the floor right now. And, and apparently, according to the bullet points chat, Point Park is, ch- is chucking from the logo. It's insane. And you got Masari saying UB still has bench issues. You know what? This is my take. This is my take. They won't they won't fully admit their their fanaticism regarding UB. And that love translates into being a little harsh sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you look at a 28-point lead at half, like, you know, like, but you know what? You can always get better. And I guess when you yeah. love something and you want something to be great, you're mm-hmm. always gonna demand better. So I know, you know, because it's been a topic of discussion. Let's face it, what, for the last month or two, whether it was UB football, whether it was UB basketball that we're being a little tougher on them than we've been historically. But that's because yes. we want the best for both programs. Yes. Cannot agree more. The bench is shooting four for 12 against a D2 NAIA school. <laughs> yes. All right. So, and real quick, how do we not say anything to Talbot? Going to Bonaventure this weekend. I know. We blew that. How we did blew I that. that? Oh, we wanted to keep it friendly. We, 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 we negotiated with his agent. They said we couldn't talk Bonnies or OAM. They're out of the top 25. It's going to be a big game on Saturday, 4 p.m., I believe. Seriously, that's going to be a big matchup. I'm looking forward to seeing who goes. Um, I'm probably out, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yep. Yep. Um, and speaking of out, shout-outs, huge shout-out to our friends at 7-1 Blitz. Uh, they're on the train, joined us over the last couple weeks. Some great work, some great Bills content, great crew over there. So make sure, obviously, you're following 7-1 Blitz. But the big news is they got a, uh, they got a drinky-poo release with uh, – Brickyard Brewing in Lewiston, 436 Center Street, I believe. You got uh, it. But, and it's, and I mean, you're asking me if I'm serious about that address. I'm asking you, are you ready for why so serious the drink release? Because they're teaming up with Stevie Johnson. They're going to have Andre Reed there. I mean, we've never pulled them. No, it's fantastic. The the network and the connections that they have. But yeah, it's called the Why So Serious, Seriously Hazy IPA. And you know DJ Supreme ain't missing that on Sunday. A beer oh. release with Stevie Johnson and Andre Reid. I'm just saying it right now. Not trying to give any trouble, but over under two and a half of those for Stevie this weekend. Over. Okay. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be running routes left and right if he's uh, <laughs> if he's got it. so shout out to see that. Uh, any other shout outs uh, as we wind down here on TT two two five? Well, I was just gonna say, maniac. It's another sneaky Sunday with no bills. It's an opportunity. Yeah. It's an opportunity. Dude, it's to, tough. Yeah, it's an opportunity to do something else on a Sunday. It's crazy to say. And I like it. For a big I know people. Night. People get frustrated. Two or three throughout the year, I don't mind. Last year got a little crazy when it was all the primetime games in the second half of the year and everything. Yep. It was a little. Frustrating. Last year it was the middle of October and December that were frustrating because it just felt like they were never playing on Sunday. But, you know, two weeks ago they played on Sunday. I'm down and I can wait till this Monday. And I can definitely wait if they're about to feast on the Patriots like Talbot and Perino seem to think they will. Exactly. On prime time, which they have typically over the past couple seasons always perform well. I'm interested to see where the line moves. Um, Sometimes you see wacky line moving. You see it move the other way. Um, You you want to talk about trends. Like, obviously, think about the Patriots and Belichick versus the Bills. And think about the fact, I saw this say, and obviously, like, if you think about it, it's just true. Mm-hmm. The Bills have not won a home Monday night football game in 27 years. Oh, God. I didn't so, know. so that's all I'm saying. So, but you take that into account, because I know I, I said I was negative on the line regarding that. You take in those trends, 
Minus three is pretty goddamn respectable. Yeah. Because wow. you know how Vegas loves their trends. They they pretty much throw them out there based on trends versus anything else. But I know that we'll be going nuts, and we can't wait to oh. uh, see the team on Monday. Can't wait to see everything uh, in this stretch run of 2021. We've been, you know, yep. the summer was kind of a, an interesting time with the Buffalo Blue Jays. Uh, we were always – basically the summer was hot weather, Buffalo Blue Jays, and when will Eichel be traded? And the last three months has been the exact opposite of that. But like our friend Brother Bill says, and he, and he had a great tweet to say, this is prove it time. You got to go beat the Patriots. You got to go beat the Buccaneers. You do that, you're going to be probably in the driver's seat for this AFC. Realistically, though, you're happy with the split, right? But beating New England, that's got to be the number one. Oh, thing. beating New England's yeah. priority for sure. I, I, I'm not like going to be heartbroken if they lose 31-20 to the Buccaneers. Even 11-point loss, I really wouldn't be that. It's going to be no. a tough matchup, dude. Playing a team at home that just, I mean, they won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, that's no that's no easy task ever. No, no. They're still top to down, top down, probably the best team in the league, honestly. Um, they're extremely elite on both sides of the ball. But real quick, Maniac, we're talking about Monday Night Football. You got Seattle going to Washington. I'm telling you right now, Maniac, all I hear is Seattle. Uh, and so what am I going to say? Washington. Love Washington in this spot. But, but here's um, the for, I'm so what, cold. What, has, I'm has, so cold. But has Russell Wilson ever had a defensive line? Mm. And isn't that the Redskins' strength? I mean, am I an idiot talking out of my butt? No, no. But I'm just saying, maniac. I'm just anything I touch. Just yeah, but, but but that's the difference. In. But that's the that's what makes you degenerate Al. Is that a standard better, a standard Joe, a standard schmo? Oh, I lost a couple bets. You're degenerate fucking Al. You won, what, a 16-game streak, uh, you know, last year? I mean, let's face it. You can get cold because yep. you always have that possibility to get hot. So let's keep shooting. Yep. Let's get back in there, and let's get a W with, with uh, the Washington football team tonight. And I got to – real quick, I got to ask you, who who texted me tonight saying I got a lock tonight? Timmy. Chris McMullen. Oh, McMullen. By the way, just looking through, Buccaneers undefeated at home this season. So again, not going to be an easy thing at all. Just yeah. just wanted to, to triple check that. But that's that's playing a, a Super Bowl winner at home. I mean, it's ridiculous, and, uh, and yeah, it'll be very interesting. But well, what was McMullen's lock? Right, uh, Washington Football Team, Seattle. Oh, now I even want to put more on it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Washington beat the Bucks two weeks ago. Yes, dude. Washington is no joke. I mean, are they consistent? Of course not. No one's saying like, I love the football team, but to say that they'll be at home, you know, getting the point, basically just got to beat the Seahawks. Like, yeah. And yes, Seahawks, you know, it is a little, the, the sketchiest thing to me about it, I guess, is that the Seahawks have stunk. Like they're just still yeah. getting like Russell Wilson respect. Like I know that he's been out, but like last week he was in against the Cardinals and they lost 23, 13 to a backup quarterback. So true too. Yeah. There's a lot of factors and that's what makes betting so tough. And that's what makes degenerate Al degenerate Al. Going to keep grinding. Never stopping. Never stops folks. Never stop trailing us along train rock sports. we got all kinds of awesome stuff coming out this week. What's train rock watching. You got to hang up and listen. I mean, with the Sabres down three, nothing in the first period, something tells me Mount Dwayne is about to explode. So super yep. excited about that. Make sure you're following along on SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagram, MySpace, Twitch, we are all there, and we are all here to play. Anything left to say, Al? No. This train never stops. This train never stops. 7.58. We got 20 minutes till kickoff Monday in football. Folks, get yourself a snack, get yourself a stiffy, and make sure you have a good, good 
Night. 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 Night.